it was really powerful this morning. So you might want to go back and listen to it. You know, um, you know, since, uh, Pastor John was telling me, we're like, oh my God, that was a huge blast this morning, Pastor. So it was a good one this morning. So you might want to go back and listen to it. All right. So this morning I'm talking about how to birth a massive vision. So we have some fundamental works, foundations we have done in the last Sunday service. The good thing is that it's on YouTube at Harvest TV. You can go back and watch it so you don't lose anything and we can, you can continue from here. All right. So we're talking about how to birth a massive vision. How to birth a massive vision. One of the things that was life-changing is this. People say, when God wants to grow me, how does he grow me? And I began to say that God uses vision to expand us. God literally uses vision to change a man's life. You will see a man that was a low life, didn't have big thinking. And once God put vision in his heart, that vision changes every single thing. That vision changes every single thing. So if you want God to grow you, you have to pay attention and respond to the vision on the inside of you. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and let's read this wonderful story. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23, this is very powerful. The Bible says, by faith, when Mos- by faith Moses, when he was born, he was hid three months of his parents. So, vision makes people do crazy things. He says, Moses was hid three months of his parents. Why? Because they saw. Take note of the word. Because they saw. So, when you see people save aggressively, when you see people go on an uncommon common pattern is mostly because of something they've seen he says when moses was born they hid him for three months because they saw he was a proper child there was something about this child that spoke into their future the bible says so when you see a businessman and a businessman is putting a lot of money into his store and putting a lot of money into marketing don't think it's stupid there's something he has seen when you see a lady that why the other ladies are trying to party and trying to hang out with Mr. X and Chief Y. They're spending so much time in their business. It's because of something they've seen. When you see some people so insistent that why others are migrating abroad, which is also good, they are you know, putting their foot here is because of something they've seen. When you see some people taking some huge leap in business it's because of something they've seen. So the Bible says this. Bible says this. That they saw, they saw, but because they saw was a proper child, and they were not afraid. That's something vision does. When vision, when you embrace vision, vision numbs your fears. When you embrace vision, vision numbs your fears. Some of the people you think are very bold, they're not just very bold, vision just pushes them. He says that it says they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now, verse 24 says. And by faith, when Moses was come to years of maturity, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, which was convenient. Moses said, listen to me. Oh, wow. How do I say this to you? People without vision take the road of least resistance. People without vision take what? The road of least resistance. See, this was, just imagine, it says, the Bible says, this is what the Bible says, Moses refused to be called the daughter of what, of uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, because doing that, it will have privileges, but there was something he saw, so he denied himself of that. People that don't have vision, they go whatever works. They go to whatever goes. But people that have vision understand, I can't go on the road of least resistance. I have to go where the vision directs me. And I'm saying so because the very powerful thing about vision is that vision is life changing. Let's keep reading now. This is so powerful. It says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. See, the way vision is is this. Sometimes there will be suffering, but it's for a season. But guess what? People that don't have vision, there will be enjoyment also, but it's for a season. So this is a power of vision. This is a power of vision. So why is vision? So the question is that people always ask me questions like, hey, I don't know why I lack motivation. You know, I really want to lose weight. I can't lose weight. I really want to save. Someone says, I have a problem saving money. Nobody has a problem saving money. You don't save money because you've not found a good reason to save money. 
Nobody has a problem with losing weight. You don't lose weight because you've not found a good reason to lose weight. You know what I found out? Most of my friends that have lost drastic weight, like 10 kg, 15 kg, most of them I discovered there was, a, there was a health problem. So, you don't have a problem with discipline. You just need a reason to be disciplined. Many of you say, I, I can't save money, I can't save money. But when is house rent period? How do you save money for house rent? How do you save money for school fees? The reason why is that there is a compelling reason. But this is what I say. If I can discipline myself to save for school fees, if I can discipline myself to save for house rent, I can discipline myself to save for investment also. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. So, people say, you know, why do I have a problem with this and that? Let me show you something. Habakkuk chapter 2. In verse 1 and 2. Maybe I'm just going to read verse 2. The Bible says this. So what does vision do to us? It says this. (laughs) It says this. And the Lord said unto me. The Lord answered me and said. Write the vision and make it plain upon the table. That he may run. That read it. What does that mean? Vision will make you run. What does vision do to you? Vision produces drive. And when you see people that succeed in life, one thing is common, drive. They have massive drive. These, there are people that want a hundred billion dollars. And those people that want a hundred billion dollars, they are sleeping few hours just to do some more. And there's someone that is not even worth a million, someone that's even worth $10,000 and is sleeping 12 hours and he says he has a spiritual problem. Vision produces drive. Because some people some say, Pastor, I'm not, I don't have a huge drive. Most of the time, when you don't have a huge drive, you don't have a huge vision. Because vision produces drive. The Bible says that he may run. Now read it. That he may run. Now read it. Vision produces huge drive. Vision produces huge drive. Very powerful concept. Let me show you something. First, sorry, Act chapter 26. Act 26, verse 19. The Bible says this, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, it says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient. He says, sorry if you think I'm crazy. He says, but I'm not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He says, there's a drive. So when you see people in life that have no drive, everything is okay, everything is easy, everything is just there, it points to a vision problem. And one thing you must know about drivers is this, when you look at super achievers in our world, they have super drive. They have super drive. You know, the lack of drive is an outcome of a lack of vision. The most common thing about people, super achiever, is that they have this huge hunger, they have this huge drive. I met a guy one time about 10, 15 years, about 10, 15 years ago, and we're talking about saving for the future and for investment and business. And I asked him, how much do you save? He said, I save 80%. I said, you save 80% of your salary because he was a banker. I said, how do you live? He said, I have a vision. I will save 80% for the next five years. After that, I will change my lifestyle. He said, I said, what? He said, because if I can save 80%, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. The reason why I could do that, because I felt, even till now, I feel that's ridiculous. But the reason why, actually we don't have a lot of money. But the reason why I could do that was that he had such a compelling vision. Compelling vision gave me a compelling drive. The reason why you keep giving excuses is because of what? Because the drive is not compelling. The clearer the vision, the bigger the drive. The clearer the vision, the bigger the drive. Vision is powerful, sir. Vision is powerful. Vision will produce drive. Look at Moses. See, vision is powerful. Vision will literally change you. Vision changed the timid, stammering Moses into a strong apostolic leader. That's what we, some of you say, this is the way I am, this is the way I have been born, this is where I was raised. Because there's no vision. Vision, vision will change you. Listen to me. Vision change, vision change 
Peter, the shaky Peter, into a bold man that could address people. Vision would change a timid person into a bold person. Vision would change a spender into an investor. Vision would change an happy, lucky guy into someone that is very, very serious. If you are trying, someone says, I'm trying to change, but I can't change. The reason why you can't change is because you don't have a huge drive. The reason why you don't have a huge drive is because you don't have a huge vision. Once you have vision, it will produce drive. Drive will make you change. I've seen women that, you know, when they were younger, it was so psychedelic. So this and that. Once they began to catch vision of marriage, their life dramatically changed. Dramatically changed. Dramatically changed. The reason I'm saying so is that this is the reason why I'm saying because people always say that you know um, um you know um what do you call it um I'm so discouraged I, I I'm not motivated you don't have a compelling vision once you have a compelling vision motivation will come to you naturally even when you're discouraged and things don't go your way if you remind yourself about your vision you'll find yourself going back there I love the way the Bible says Bible says Jesus Christ who for the joy ahead of him endured the cross despising the shame. Oh wow. The next thing vision does that. Vision makes life meaningful and fulfilling. Oh wow. Vision makes life meaningful and fulfilling. Let's read the story of Paul. Second, I, I don't even know. How, wow. L- look at Second Corinthians chapter 12. This is very nice. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Vision makes life fulfilling. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 9. See what Paul said. Uh, uh, Maybe that's not a good place to, to, to read from, from verse 10. He said, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Paul says, when I have problems, I'm okay. So, why? Because I have vision. See, the thing with vision is this. Let me say something to you. A lot of people always say that my life is boring. A lot of people say things like, I'm not happy with my life. It's difficult to be happy in your life where you cannot track your progress. And it's difficult to track your progress when you don't have a destination. And it's difficult to have a destination when you don't have a vision. See, I want to ask you, this is why some people on their birthday, they say, how do you feel? I don't feel happy or sad. The reason why you don't feel happy or sad is that there's nothing you measure your growth in age with in terms of vision. For example, the year is over right now. You know, you say, how is the year? Someone say, I don't know if it's good or bad. How can you not know if it's good or bad? Ten months have gone. If I've achieved some, you know, if I've achieved certain things, I can rejoice because I can tell I've achieved something. Listen to me. You will not have the joy of celebrating life if you don't have vision. Because you will not have things to celebrate because there's nothing you plan for. Thank you, thank you for clapping from the back. Vision makes life meaningful. Vision makes life fulfilling. Makes life meaningful. Let me explain to you those. Let, let's read the story of. Let's read. Let, let's read. Let, let's read the story of Paul. Uh, you know, it says in chapter twelve, verse ten. It said, "Therefore, I take pleasures in my." In, it said, "I take pleasure in my infirmity." Paul says that when things, when I have a tough time, I'm, I'm okay. He says, "I take pleasure in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For where I am weak, He is strong." Look at look at the next look look at the next thing. He says, "I become a fool in glorying, for ye have compelled me, for I ought not to have been commended of you, for in nothing I'm behind." The very chiefest of the apostles, and then Paul began to talk about all the things he did. See, this is very. Let's flip over to a, a, a chapter at the back, Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse thirteen. Oh wow, this is very good. <laughs> it says, "This is very powerful." It says. If I must glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmity. What was it glorying about? Just jump. I'm going to make you go a little farther still. Just jump to verse 24. What did Paul say? This is what it's glorying about. It says, of the Jews, five times received I four stripes. Save one. Save one. It says, they beat me 39 stripes five times. Is this guy crazy? Vision makes you, oh my God. Vision gives meaning to pain. 
Hallelujah. See what it says. He says five times. Then it began to see what's glory in. He says three times I was beaten with rod. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have been in the ship. See, these are the things you go through. You say God has forsaken me. Oh my God. I, I don't know if you're hearing me. These are the things you go through. And you say, I need deliverance. You say, I need deliverance. See, I, 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 I traveled three times. The, 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 the plane wanted to collapse. Paul said, that was normal for me. These are the things you go through. You make you say, my life is not okay. I need deliverance. This is not working. That's not working. That's not working. Paul said, hey, all of those things are glory in them because of vision. Let me tell you what vision does. This is what life looks like. Everybody look up here. This is what vision does. This is what vision does. Oh, glory to God. This is what vision does. And I hope you can see this. Oh, wow. Can, can you help me take this away? Uh, I don't need this. Yeah. Where's my friend? Gerard, come quickly. This is what vision does. The way life is, God gives you all those things. So these are all yours, Gerard. God gives you all of this. So what are things? These are good times, not so good times, education. All these things are your experiences, what you have in life. And all of it is there. Some of them God gave you. Some of them Satan gave you. Some of them life gave you. Everything is there. Because not everything that happens in your life is God. I'm telling you. Everything is here. Once you don't. So this is your life. All the experiences. This is you in primary school. This is when you had your first sex. This is when you raped the girl. When you went to prison. When you, got, when you made your first one million dollars. It's all a combination of good and bad experiences. But get what vision does. If you don't have vision... All you have is individual bits of things. Once you have vision, you can build. So, can you put on the screen the image for me? So, you know the thing? To someone that has this, this is all it looks like. To someone that has vision, you know what it looks like? I can do, you know, I can use this. I can do this. And you know what this means to me? This is one then I can construct this because I'm trying to construct this. I don't know if you can see this. I'm trying to, with vision, I can construct this. One, two, three. If you give me time, I will do this today, but I don't have the time. But the question is this. When life gives you all this experience, what can you do with it? There's no vision. Some of you regret, some of you, one of the tabs you have here is born as a Nigerian. You say, that's what I don't like. I want to treat it away. And God is saying, listen to me. And God is saying that you don't understand. Because you don't have the vision, you don't see where it fits in. You were raped, but you don't see where that rape fits in because there's no vision. You were duped. You don't see where that loss of money fits in because of the vision. Because the way life is, everybody's giving, nobody's giving the perfect card of cards. But what vision does is that vision takes what you have and intentionally builds it into what you want. Listen to me. Your life is perfect. You just, want, you just need to build the kind of life you want. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to build the kind of life you want. See, the way life is, some people are going to come from a rich background and that rich background will not make them have drive. Some people come from a poor background and have a huge drive. Some people are going to live in Nigeria and learn things that are bad. Some people, the way, everybody's going to have a plus and a minus. The question is not what you have, it's what do you do with what you have. Sometimes in life, your biggest blessing is with the evil that men did to you. Joseph cannot thank his brother enough for selling him to Egypt. Joseph cannot thank his brother enough for selling him to Egypt. Joseph cannot thank his brother enough for selling. Let me tell you what I, what I noticed. The biggest growth you will have will be the biggest crisis and problems you have. Because when things are going so well, it's difficult to grow because you feel as if everything is okay. But when things are very difficult... It will be so good to grow because you become humble. That's why the biggest crisis has the biggest opportunity. Before COVID-19, did we have billionaires that were over 100 billion in this world? We did not have billionaires that were worth over 100 billion. As COVID hit, the numbers of billionaires numbers shot up. 
Because the biggest crisis had the biggest problems. Are you here today? But the difference is this. This is the difference. When you have no vision, you will look at all these things and say, what do I want to do with this? Because you're looking at, ah, I lost money in business. You know, I was raped. Um, I made my first $1 million. Everything seemed useless. But when you have vision, you can be intentional and say, okay, I know what to do. Let me begin to build gradually. And out of what looks like nonsense, you can make something this beautiful. Out of what looks like, you can make something this beautiful. How can you make something this beautiful? Because you had vision until you have vision all your experiences will be individual disconnected is vision that brings everything together thank you sir it's vision that brings everything together do you know something when the brothers of joseph their father died they came back to meet joseph they began to lie they say joseph our father said we should tell you to promise and joseph said you think I'm still thinking of what you did to me? He said, no, I have vision. The way I see it is different. You thought you sold me into slavery. God used you as a vehicle to convey me to destiny. I'm telling you, once you have vision, what people thought will cause you pain will bring you joy. Because there's another perspective that changes everything. See, when you have vision, you'll begin to thank God for problems. Praise God. Because there was a way he brought about a breakthrough. There was a way he brought about a change of perspective. Thank God for the guy that broke your heart. Hallelujah. How many my people are grateful for that? Thank God for the girl that broke your heart. Hallelujah. How many people are broken? You're grateful because where you are today, you look back and say, my God, thank God. But when he broke your heart, you were crying. When you broke your heart, we couldn't hear a word. But looking back now, you said, my God was delivering me, but I did not know it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a guy in our church. His biggest blessing was I was refused American visa. Because he was working in the U.S. and he was working, he worked in an hotel in the U.S. as a receptionist and that was what doing the U.S. And you know, he moved then his visa his work visa expired and, they, and because of the trump administration they moved him back to nigeria and when he moved back to nigeria they said you know they didn't just renew his visa so he came to one day came to church and he said we've been fasting for two weeks but let's pray and i said you preached you've gone to his they rejected you so we prayed then he came back next to he said they rejected me again the third time and you know the way this thing is after the third time you have to give it some time and i told him i said you know what since all of us have been praying and fasting about this maybe it's not really God. Maybe it's not really Satan. Maybe this is God. Why not settle down and do this stuff? And the guy said, God forbid. In fact, he went to my two family members. Can you imagine what that pastor said? He does not even hear the voice of God at all. But his mom was a great woman, woman of God. The mom leaned a week after and said, maybe that pastor is right. Because now you are stuck here for a while. He said, why not look for the first thing you will do? Ladies and gentlemen, the first project the guy did he did a project for maybe about 350 million naira. The first project from a receptionist in an hotel recently was telling me that, oh, when I traveled, all my friends at receptionists came to give me my hotel. He said, when they saw the room I was staying in, because the room is very expensive, they said, how did you become this kind of person? He said, it was just two or three years ago. We were all on the same paycheck. We were all on the same level. He said, thank you, American Embassy, for not giving me visa. Some people hear that right and say, okay, whatever it is, they will give my own visa, give my own visa. See, the reason why, let me tell you something. What you want in life is success. The path may be different. I'm telling you, what you want is success. The path may be different. Because may you not be hitting on road that is a deadlock. I'm telling you, because, because what they see, and this is the power of having vision. Once you have vision, if a road blocks, you still know where you're going to, you can divert. But once you don't have vision, you focus on the road. Once you have vision, you focus on the goal. Are you here? See, 
See how Paul described, Paul said, you know, this happened, that happened, I lost money, they beat me. Paul was so excited. See, once you have vision, you lost three million, nothing, because it's adding up to the goal. Everything, oh my God, let me go back to this example. Paul said, I lost money, I had shipwreck, but it doesn't matter. It's adding up to the goal. It's adding up to the goal. It's adding up to the goal. All the good and bad things that happen to your life is adding up to the goal. It's adding up. People betrayed you, it's adding up to it. Because God is giving you more resources and tools to build you. When I was in secondary school, there was a teacher that was very, very mean to me. Extremely mean to me. And the person was meant to be my best friend. But it was extremely mean to me. After secondary school, in fact, I didn't want to say because some of you would know him if you come from my secondary school. He was the teacher in charge of my, of, my, of my school fellowship. And I was like the pastor figure. So normally we're like at a tandem. But we were like enemies. And for some reason, he just didn't know me. He just thought that I was so spiritual. I just, you know, he just thought I had this strong spiritual influence that I didn't like. He, he did a lot of things to hurt me. I remember even my friend said, you know this? I was like, what can I do? But guess what? After someone was coming to see him, I'd, I'd gone back. I, I was already passing the church. And he just came and said, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did not like you. He said, maybe God was just preparing for this time. In my heart, I said, why must he use you? <laughs> but guess what? You know what that guy did to me? I'm the last born of my mom. So as a last born, there's that dependency. The guy used his power to take it out of me. It took me to circumstances that extracted it. Some of you are too dependent on people. So God will allow you to go through process to extract it. You will almost die. You will not die. You will almost die. See, some of you, the way, the way you think, because you are too egoistic. You think you're very smart. And you are. But God wants you that even your smartness, be humble, be open. Because you have all this opinion. So when you go through a major loss, you lose 500 million. You say, ah, you say, me, that I'm so smart. Because that's not what should happen to you. And God knows how to use those experiences to reach you. You think you're beautiful until you marry a husband that mistreats you. You now understand that beauty is vain. <laughs> this hot sauce, this hot sauce. When you marry a husband that will not touch you for one year, you say, hey, and this hot sauce, nobody's touching hot sauce. You now understand that sex in marriage is more than beauty. You now become more humble. I say, are there other things I have to learn? Should I give you my personal opinion? This is not, you can throw this away. I think very attractive people form bad husbands, sorry, bad wives. And I think extremely rich men sometimes, not all the time, very attractive girls from bad wives, very rich men from bad husbands. You know why? And this is the reason why. When you're very attractive, you don't have enough space after breakup to learn, evaluate, and get better. They are backload. As one guy is breaking up, there are other people that are coming in. So you don't get to learn. You just, as someone comes in, I don't know, just steps in. I don't know, just steps in. You know what I'm talking about? Because there's a line. So you don't even think of, how can I get, but sometimes it's not very attractive. When someone breaks up and it takes them one and a half years. In that one and the other, they'll say, you see, you don't know how to cook, you will learn cooking. Oh, you know, you'll you be learning, you'll be learning everything, learning. You'll be learning. <laughs> Glory to God. You'll be learning. So you find that when you come on the scene, you've learned so much. Because there was no traction. The same thing with rich people. You know, when you, once you're rich, you know, this girl comes, you, know, just go, you can go because other girls are still saying, ah, we're on the queue. There's a, there's a reserve, reserve bench. There's a reserve, there's reserve bench. I said, they can come. You'll never learn. But when you are poor and the girl leaves and she used to be the one to help you out, you will ask yourself, what's wrong with me? What was she asking me that I could not do? Was it not to wash plates? You'll be advising yourself, what was wrong in washing plates? Somebody say hallelujah. Sometimes God lets you go situations 
And not that he does it just because he needs to humble you. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that Israel would have taken 40 days to reach the promised land. He took them 40 years to humble them. To humble them. To humble them. What you're going through is not the devil. God is trying to humble you. Have the right attitude towards it. You know why? The more you have the wrong attitude, the more you prolong the wilderness. Oh, you didn't get that. The more you have the wrong attitude towards your challenges that God is using to humble you, the more you prolong your stay in the wilderness. If you are going to get out of the wilderness on time, have what? The right attitude. Just say, you know what? I'm smart, but I'm not as smart as I think I am. And it's very simple. God gave grace to the humble. The moment you become humble, grace begins to flow. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. One thing I love vision does. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says that the New King James says, um, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. <coughs> it's the one that I love vision. It says, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. You know the thing with people is that a lot of people are caught up in comparison. And it's deadly. It's bad. Can I get some water? All right. So, Bible says, Proverbs 29, verse 18. It's a where there's no vision, people cast off what restraint. What does restraint mean? People can't just be disciplined, they just leave anyhow. Let me tell you what restraint looks like. This is what restraint looks like. This, 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 this Nigerian money. If I hold this money like this, I'll just hold it. It can fall off. Some of you. Your life is falling in love because there's no restraint. This is what vision does. It binds everything together. I'm telling you, everything is bound together. Everything is bound together. Some of you, you're loose in talking. There's no vision. You don't. You, you say, I'm telling you, you just come to church in church hall. You say, as a girl, you say, hey, what's going to catch me? You say, oh my God. You know, I'm telling you, doing praise and worship. Oh, single, single, praise the Lord. This is a guy. Oh, single, single. You know, because you don't know who you are. See, once you have vision, if you know who you are, see, this money has the capacity to fall apart. Restraint is that we take it, we buy, we restrain it. So, you know, I'm, I'm itching, but you've learned as a man that has a future that you can't just itch that way. You'll be like, ha. you know, they wonder if you're dancing, but you're collecting something there. When there's no restraint, you just see, bring the money. This is falling apart. That's falling apart. That's falling apart. Just like someone say, hey, I don't know how to talk. You say, some, some of you, you talk loud. You say, that's how we are in our family. We are born with a loud voice. We are born with a loud voice. Listen to me. When you address United Nations, is that we shouting on the presidents? He doesn't say, ladies and gentlemen, United Nations, we have come here. You know, because there's no vision. When there's vision, you will act, I've lost the rubber band now. You will, there will be restraint. There will be what? Restraint. Okay, I've seen it. It's actually here. Thank you, sir. So, some people's life is like this money. It's falling apart everywhere. Falling apart. But you can just put your life together. And this is a restraint. So that it doesn't fall apart. What do we do? We just restrain it. Like that. And all of a sudden, your life becomes compact. Not because you did something else, but vision makes your life compact. When there's no vision, everybody can be your friend. You can go to everywhere. Listen to me. Even when I take pictures, I'm careful. Sometimes I go to a place and it's a nice place. People are drinking and obviously, let's take pictures. I'm like, just hold on. Let me just step aside. Let's take it over here. And why? Because if you take that picture now, and some people get it. They say, the pastor enjoying himself. And media is not about what is right. It's who is popular. 
Someone told me, he said, Pastor, when you want to take pictures outside, I always do you do your hands like this. I say, ha, free unto the Lord. <laughs> Nobody said they're touching me anyhow. If you just see, it's just free. I just said, just I just I just my hand is just stretched. I'm like, oh, praise God. It's always a cross. My media people always know it's always a cross. I'm like, hallelujah. I just like this. I said, no, no, no. When he took the picture, was just touching me. When did I touch you anyhow? Did you see the picture? You'll have seen that my hands was a cross. I just stood like the cross of Jesus Christ. One on the right, one on the left. Praise God. Of course, there are people I, I really know, I'm connected to, that, that kind of thing. But restrain. Question, do you have restraints? If you don't have restraints, you don't have vision. If you have vision, you will have restraints. Are there things you cannot do? Are there places you cannot go? Are there things you cannot say? Are there places you cannot be found? Not because they are not okay, because of vision. There are some people that like, not everybody can be my friend because I'm going somewhere. The good thing about vision is this because you're compact, you don't waste your life. Someone says, How do I not waste my life by having vision? Because a lot of people, the point is that, let me tell you, the reason why some people are not successful is that they've done too many things that they cannot focus to succeed. They've done too many things. I'm not saying don't try, but there's a point where it gets to too many. But you need you need a lot of the laser, the laser ray cuts at sundown because of the power of focus. This is what the Bible says in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 43, 49, verse 3. Can you put it on the screen? Genesis 49, verse 3. Let's see what it says now. What does it say? Genesis chapter 49, verse 3. What does it say? He says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, beginning of my strength, excellence of dignity, excellence of power. The next line says what? He says, Unstable as what? Water. What will happen? He said, because you're not stable, you will not excel. Today, you are selling gold. Tomorrow, you sell real estate. Next, tomorrow, you are selling crypto. The day after, you are selling material. Abba. <clears throat> Abba. Let's finish this. <clears throat> and the reason why I put that is this. They're trying to be like other people. You know, people come to our church and say, why don't you do this? I'm like, but why did you come there if you wanted to do that? Because our church is different. Our church is different. Our pa- what God told us to do is different. Our church, we will keep building people. We will keep building very spiritual people and keep being very practical people. That's why in our church, you will never hear me say that the reason for all your problems is the devil. I will not lie to you. Because that's not the truth. If you have a problem, it's you and Satan destroying your life. It's true because the simple thing to say that is very okay. It's like, oh, your best problem is all the devil. Just be praying devil, devil, devil. But I know that it just can be the devil. We're having something for the married men this month now. It's a three hours of business coaching. And so I say, ah, let's just pray about it because I know that there are some things prayer will do. There are some things that prayer will not do. No matter what you do, walk. No matter what you pray. Prayer cannot go a seed of corn. So, a church that prays a lot must have practical way in which they empower people for the prayer to be answered. And that's the kind of church we have. That's why I, I tell the singles, hey, come for fourth service. In the fourth service, sometimes we have cakes and all of those things. I can't be praying for you to get married. I must find a way to connect you. You must be connected. How can I pray? Father, find husband. Would the husband drop from heaven? No. So after service, there's a chap man, there's this, there's that. I said, take you one. Oh, sister Stosto. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at the businessmen. We must help them practically. And that's why I tell people in our church, if you belong to our church, you must find a way to get into a cell. The reason is this. You need to develop those relationships that will empower you. How do I get a vision? Can we give this out also? In the fourth service. Okay, thank you. It's because we need, for example, in the third and fourth, so we can give it out now. So come for the fourth service. <laughs> Praise God. How do I get a vision? Oh, how do I get a vision? Why don't people have vision? 
one reason people don't value it so I say now vision will go eat because African culture value material things over immaterial things we don't realize that it's immaterial things that produce material things why don't people have vision because because they don't make time for planning for imagination and thinking listen to me everybody listen to me let me help you one of the things you must have in your life have a time you think it's so important you must be able to think the quality of thoughts you have determines the quality of your life you must have time you think you must have time you think about your finance so most times when people think they're thinking in response to a problem they don't know what it means to have focused thought and think about the future have time to think about your future so how do i get vision number one number one exodus chapter three verse three to eight let me let's just read quickly exodus chapter three verse three to eight. how do i get vision exodus three verse three to eight the bible says moses said i will turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt and when the lord saw that he turned aside the lord called out of the midst of the bush and said unto him moses moses he said ah, here am i let me jump quickly i want to jump to verse seven and the lord said unto him i've sure listened to the affliction of my people which are in egypt and i've heard the cry of their the cry but the reason of their stepmaster i know thy sorrows i'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the magician to bring them out of the land onto a good land a large a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey a place of the Canaanite, of the Hedite, and this and that so this is what verse 10 now says it says come now and i will send you what how did Mo- so where did moses vision come from moses vision came from a supernatural encounter sometimes visions come from supernatural encounters for this situation verse 10 says god told him he said come now and i will send you for example, the way our church started, I, I didn't see the last thing I planned in my life was to be a full-time church pastor. Never. But I remember I was praying and I saw a vision of a tree and the fruits were ripe and were dropping. And the Lord spoke to me, said the harvest is ripe, get it ready to decay it, go forth and harvest it. And that's where the name harvesters came from. It was a clear vision. But not everyone will receive a vision this way. It's, this is wonderful, but not everyone. So don't be like, Father, I'm expecting my own vision. Because there are three ways you can get vision. One is supernatural encounters. The, the other one is true deep, deep concern. Look at Nehemiah chapter 1. Look at Nehemiah chapter 1. And this second method will be the way a lot of people get vision. The Bible says, And the word of Nehemiah, the son of Hakali, and it came to pass in the month of Cheslim, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan the palace, that Anani, one of my brethren, came, and certain men of Judah, and I asked them of the, and I asked, and I asked them concerning the Jews that escaped, and where was left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, that the remnants that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction, and the reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem are also broken down, and the gates are burnt with fire. Verse 4, And it came to pass, I heard this word, I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. In long and short of this, Nehemiah's vision came out of deep concern. Listen to me. There are things you'll be concerned about because God wants to have vision there. Many of you are concerned about things about this country because God is giving you a vision there. Many of you are concerned about raising a business entrepreneurs that don't have to depend on a government contract. That, that's your concern. And there are deep concerns in that place. Sometimes vision is born out of deep concern. Vision is born out of deep concern. Look, look at the case of the hub. I, I, you know, I've had the dream in my heart all along because I've seen people struggle as new businessmen. And, and I say, we can provide a place where people can just strive. Where they can thrive. Because when I was a younger person, I ran a business. And all the time I had business meetings, we always had to meet in restaurants. And it kind of made them look down on me because they knew I, I didn't have the setup. So people can have a place, they can, this is my office right now. It's a deep concern. So sometimes vision is not like, oh, you see a vision in the spirit. Sometimes it's a deep concern you have. And the, and the third way vision comes is this. Vision comes through association. Let's read, let's read Deuteronomy chapter 34. Verse 9. 
The Bible says, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him. And see what Joshua did. And Joshua did as the Lord had commanded Moses. That means Joshua did not have his own vision. The vision he had was as the Lord commanded Moses. It was vision by association. It was passed down to him. So, Sometimes God will put you in a company like in this church. Many of you, your personal vision is going to take off as the root of this vision. Because the anointing, the association is going to come upon you. You will start thinking, I want to raise a pace setter as a businessman. You will start thinking, I want to change lives and all of those things. Because it's by association. Joshua's vision was the same as the vision of Moses. And this is what I want to close today. I haven't said a lot about vision. How do I make my vision happen? I have seven things to say, but I can't say the first thing because I, I want it. It's not about how much I say, it's about how much you do. What does God use vision? God expands our life through vision. Question Do you have a vision? Are you going towards a vision or you're going towards your past? Because you're heading in one direction at the same time. Someone say, why is Nigeria like this? Because we have no vision. We don't know where we want to be. Dubai had a documented vision. The US has the American dream. What is the Nigerian dream? You keep pointing your hands at Nigerian and Nigerian and the president. But you, do you have a vision for your family? Do you have a vision for your kids? Do you have a vision for your life? Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in five years? Are you living in response or you're living in reaction? Are you living in, in reaction or you're living strategically? Some of you, I don't get it. Because every three years, you're doing something different. And it's not connected. I'm like, do you have a purpose? So I said, who should I marry? If you know your vision, who you should marry, should be, should be obvious to you. If you want to be a singer and two Michael approaches you, the two Michaels are billionaires. Only that one is Mike Tyson, other one is Michael Jackson. Who will you marry? The reason why is that based on your vision, it's difficult to choose why you have no vision. Vision simplifies choices. How can I marry someone as a lingerie model? Just, you say, hi, what do you want to be? I want to be a model, like, yeah, model, yeah, that's what I want to be, like, lingerie model, that kind of thing. And I want to be a pastor. So one day, just buy a lingerie magazine, and you just see the mama's wife. <laughs> so after they've seen the pastor's wife in next level prayer, they're not sitting on the mountain, wow, her breast is, you're like, ah! Why? Some things don't go together, don't you understand? So, how do I make vision happen? Habakkuk chapter 2, last scripture. Verse 1 to 2. The Bible says this. It says, I will stand upon my watch. And that's why we're fasting today and tomorrow. Because I want to be separated. Not confused. And say, Lord, what do you want from me? I will stand upon my watch. And set me upon the tower. Most times, vision does not come in inclusions. It comes in seclusions. He says, I will watch to see what he will say to me. And I will answer what I'm improved. Look at verse 2. And the Lord answered and said, what? The first thing to make your vision happen is to write it. There's a difference between wishful thinking and writing. I want to listen. This thing about writing, I want to give you the theology of writing today. You know, in the Bible, I've always wondered... Ezekiel will have vision in the spirit. Ezekiel in the spirit. Oh man, leak up. Angel is showing him something. Angel will tell Ezekiel, ah, take pen and write. Ah, why is writing so important to God? Let's look at it. Number one. One, it says, when you have vision, the first thing, write it. That's why I said this week, next week, I'm coming with a written vision. Why should you write it? Number one, writing improves clarity. The more you write, the clearer it becomes. The more you write, the clearer it becomes. Number two, there's something about writing that it encodes upon your internal being. There's something about writing. There's something about writing. There's something about when you write down, it begins to encode. Your inter- 
partner system begins to receive it. It's one thing to think about something, but it's one thing once you begin to write your internal being. There is a coding system there. You know why? Because as you write, you use all of your senses. You are using all. Should I teach you spiritual things? When doing next level, when I say lift up your hand, this and this, you just I'm doing it, but it? I know what I'm doing. I'm making you encode things in your spirits. Just guys will go to a place, take mud. He knew what those things were, he was encoding in their minds. When you begin to write, it's not just talking, it becomes more powerful. Your subconscious begins to take it. What also happens in writing is this. So the first thing improves gravity. Number two, there is an encoding on the inside. There's some of a writing vision that you will just know it's on the inside. Have you noticed? Oh my God, Lord, help me. I don't want to get too excited. The third thing about writing is this. Writing in the, as you write, you... The, praise God. Let me drink some water. I'm too excited. Mm. All right. What does writing do? The first thing improve, improves clarity. Second thing is encoding. The third thing writing does is this. As you begin to write, your brain will begin to look for a pathway to make it happen. That's it. Your brain, your spirit, your mind will begin to look for a pathway for it to make it happen. Just try it today. Write, I have 10 million. Put it somewhere. Your brain will start scanning. Because that's where the brain is. Once it's 10 million, your brain is just scanning. Where is it? 10 million. It will start providing you opportunities for it to happen. The next thing writing does is this. Writing commits you. You know why? Every written document, once something is written, we know it's serious. Is that not true? So once you write, writing commits you. Writing commits you. I'm like, oh, wow. wow. It's, just, it's just like it's official. I'm committed. That's enough for now. Let's pray. Are you blessed? Let's start on our feet. Father, help me to see what I need to see. Let's go ahead and pray. 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 Father, help me to see what I need to see. Thank you, Jesus. 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 And Father, we thank you for your word today. Well, thank you because we are not the same. We are changed and transformed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Please, you can have your seat. God bless you. Hallelujah. Were you blessed today? All right. Let's go ahead and take our tithing offering this morning.